This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Nathan from The Storage Papers. Stay tuned after the episode for a trailer of a podcast we think you'd enjoy. My name is Mark Anderson, and you're listening to Unwanted Places. Welcome back. This next story has been pulled from a box of papers provided to me from Ron's, or rather Jeremy's, storage unit. The reason for his podcast, The Storage Papers. It can be easy to forget some of California's rich history, and much of it has been forgotten entirely. In the mid-1800s, California was known as the place where dreams were made. Not because of Hollywood, a place that wouldn't even exist until almost 40 years later and didn't become synonymous with movies until the early 1900s. No, at that time it was all about the gold rush. During that period, hundreds of thousands of people moved to California in just a few years, enough to earn its statehood. It was a whirlwind of time. For the next several decades, towns would pop up as ore was found and disappeared just as quickly as the veins did. It can almost be assumed that's what happened when a town was abandoned. I found a few different papers from this time period, some of them extremely interesting to say the least. I've been trying to learn about the different towns mentioned, but this week's paper doesn't even mention the name of the particular town, so I'm hard pressed to find more details for you. The only context I can provide is in the form of a brief note in the envelope that the papers were collected in. The short note is on more modern notebook paper, whereas the rest is clearly aged. This is purely speculative, but I suspect much of the story is set sometime between the 20s and 50s. The note is addressed to Ron, and from the sounds of it, he ran into the same roadblocks that I did. Ron, I'm sorry to hear about the difficulties you've gone through since we last spoke. I can personally attest that loss is something you never really get through, you just end up living with it. I'd heard that after everything that transpired you'd changed directions a bit, and you might be someone to turn to with something like what I've found. I understand if you don't have the time or desire, but if you can find anything out about these letters my Aunt Lola had sent me right before she passed, well, I would certainly appreciate it. As far as I can tell, it was the last thing she communicated to anyone before she died alone in her apartment. 
The note was signed, Martha. I opened the yellowing, folded papers, feeling like they may crumble in my hands before I could read them. With gentle care, I'll redo the letter Martha's aunt had sent her with her final pen strokes. To my beautiful niece, Martha. As my time grows shorter, I find myself reflecting on my own history. The last time we spoke, you'd asked me a question that I didn't feel I'd have the time to answer. Now, as I stare into the darkness ahead of me, I know that it's a question I must answer. Not just for my sake, your mother's, or yours. It's just one of those things that's important. But I suppose it's also only fair. You've gone quite a bit of your life now without me in it, and you were right in the supposition that your mother and I haven't gotten along for some time. And I also know that it feels urgently important to understand why. A familial bond is something that isn't easily broken. To explain what happened, I will need to start back when we were children. Children so often cause trouble through bad choices. Consuela and I were no exception to that and ended up with something of a reputation for being a little too, well, not ladylike. We didn't care, though. We were thick as thieves. Unlike other girls, we had no interest in dollies or dresses, something in which I never was able to gain any interest. For the mere fact of shared interests, we ran with the boys. When they could keep up, that is. Of course, as I'm sure you know, boys will often push each other for the sake of pushing each other. It was something Consuela and I never backed down from. I can remember clear as day the moment our paths diverged, and that's exactly what started it all. A dare. We spent our formative years in a pretty small town. There was this old house that had been in a state of disrepair as far back as anyone could remember. To this day, I'm not certain if it was technically even within the town's border or not, but it was a permanent fixture regardless of any town line technicalities. I'd call it a shack based on the upkeep, but that wasn't quite right. It was a large structure, rising at least three stories from the earth, a hill of rotted wood and rusted metal. The owner was rarely, if ever, seen. I know I hadn't caught even so much as a glimpse of him. The only thing I knew him from was childish gossip and campfire stories. I'd asked my father about him once. He just looked at me over his newspaper and told me Mr. Creedy was a very nice man who was not to be disturbed under any circumstances. The look in his eyes was such that a sense of fear was cut into me. I did not question him about Mr. Creedy again. Henry Creedy was the man's name, sure, but that's not what we kids called him. To us, he had a much more clever name one befitting of an old recluse living in a house that appeared to be held together solely on the nightmares of children. Mr. Creepy. And that was indeed the story, or one of them at least. His house had been built on the nightmares of children, something on which he feasted. It explained everything perfectly. He was never seen, not even at the grocery store, and despite the state of his home, it never seemed to weaken any further. Of course, any adult can tell you that's just the foolishness of minds that are as wild as they are young, 
but that didn't stop the whispers that grew louder as the sun yielded to night. And it was at just such a time that the five of us, Jack, Larry, Frankie, Consuela, and me, stood on the dirt road outside of Mr. Creepy's house. Jack was the first one to issue a challenge. One of us had to simply stand amongst the weeds in Mr. Creepy's front yard for a full minute. All of us knocked that one out of the park. The dares escalated from there until the penultimate triple black dog dare was delivered. I can't even recollect who issued the dare, and truthfully, I don't think they expected anyone to fulfill it. Even Consuela, who until that moment I thought to be at least as brave or as recklessly stupid as me, even she didn't so much as consider it. But when the gauntlet was thrown under the stars to actually enter the house... I knew my time had come. It would show the boys how much more of a man than them I was. I would be the undisputed leader. Funny how things like that mattered so much. I guess in a way, they never stopped mattering though. The door wasn't thick. It consisted of a sheet of corrugated steel with a rope handle. The corner of it scraped an arc in the wooden porch as I struggled to pull it open. The rusty hinges protested the entire time. It wasn't until it was open enough for me to enter that I realized that if Mr. Creepy was home, he had without a doubt heard me as echoes of the door rippled throughout the interior. I remember standing just inside the door and wishing I had emptied my bladder before this last dare. I crossed my legs as I peered into the darkened guts of the house. As the echoes faded, I was struck by another sound. A high-pitched metallic clanging. The floorboards above me creaked as I swatted a fly away from my sweaty forehead. I called out, asking if anyone was home. I took a step forward and found that every inch of the house seemed to groan in protest of an occupant. I tried again. Hello? 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 The door behind me slammed shut. In one motion, I spun back towards it and rammed it, not caring about causing any damage, just wanting, needing to get out of there. It didn't budge. There wasn't a lock on the door of any kind, it was literally just a piece of flimsy metal. It didn't make any sense. I banged on the door, screaming for my sister, my friends, all of them had undoubtedly abandoned me by then. I screamed again, this time as something grabbed my shoulder. It was Mr. Creepy. I knew it was, but I didn't want to look. In the end, I had no choice as he turned me around and knelt down in front of me. In my mind's eye, I saw nothing but the torture that lay before me undoubtedly involving his mouth and my brains or something of that sort. In fact, that was probably why he had gotten down to my level. In that moment, I no longer needed to relieve myself. He just silently studied me. Looking back, he couldn't have been more than 40 years of age, but those years had clearly not been kind. Life had eaten away at his face removing graying hairs from up top while etching deep wrinkles and scars from chin to brow. I was hyperventilating as I looked into what was certainly the ancient face of death. 
Finally, he spoke. I don't often get visitors here. This story will continue in the next episode. And now for a trailer of a podcast we think you'd enjoy. This week, enjoy Regina Prime. Do you know who you look like? Who you sound like? Who you were modeled after? I want to go home. What don't you understand about that? I don't even know how long I've been here. Why did you have to go looking, Regina? Why couldn't you have left well enough alone? Who is Regina Prime? All of them deny being this Regina person. Yes, they were determined to be truthful in their denial of the Regina Prime identity. There's always something in the moment before. I did what you asked me to do. Now please stop contacting me. I don't want to hear from you anymore, okay? You can do your own dirty work. I'm tired of being your pawn. A science fiction mystery spanning centuries. A mistake that affected hundreds of lives and put all of existence in danger. So many things she did wrong. And she knew they were wrong. She knew. And she did them anyway. Hey guys, what's up? It's me. Regina. Regina Prime. Available wherever you listen to podcasts.